Hi, this is Alex Hicken with the Vacant Bros podcast. Um, we are recording episode uh, four, season four. This live stream will be posted on the Talk to You Later show. And yeah, I'll be uh, playing a song by Kyla. He's not going to be available. He wanted me to share this. Okay, here it is.
in the green. This is not loading very well. <laughs> Nick uh, should be on. Hey, there it goes. Uh, can you talk, Nick? Hello. Can you talk, Nick? Hello. Trevor's there. Mm-hmm. Nick should be here. Mm-hmm. Hello? I heard you, Trevor. Yeah, I'm around. The echo is pretty bad. My echo? Can you oh, hear echo. me? Hello. Yes, yeah, I'm Nick. Wait, sorry, what? Oh, that's why it's not like echo. <laughs> yeah, you're on the you're on the live stream. Okay. Okay, good. Something kind of worked. Okay, well, I'm going to plug in my microphone now. Try to drag a picture of my phone into this document and just like explode it all over the pages. Oh well. Oh, there you go. Okay. 
glamour shots of my Windows phone. From your, from your vintage Mac uh, blog. I mean, yeah, actually. I st- I'm still collecting photos to get that started. I have multiple things. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't help but take photos of this beautiful phone. Good stuff. But it's colored plastic. Plastic. Everything's not plastic anymore. Everything's like glass bags and same. I mean, glass glass and metal feels better, to be honest. Like I love how premium the iPhone feels, but something to be said about the nice. It just feels good in the hand. It's Lumia. God. Mm. All right. Maybe I should switch back to this. I might be like eight or nine years old, but whatever. Yeah. I mean, who needs a phone? Who needs have a... Honestly, like if I want, if it was like, oh, I'm gonna like fuck my phone, I'm gonna go back to having a like a dumb phone. I'd rather just have this Windows phone, like barely work, and just use this as my phone. <laughs> I should plug. Oh. It in. Did you actually have a? a yeah, app? I bought. I bought one. <laughs> when did you buy it? I bought it. I think 2013 or something. It was kind of like when they were at their height of like making great, great Windows phones, the Nokia Lumia phones. And uh, I guess like I, on my mom's plan, she didn't care about ever upgrading her phone. So I was like, well, I'm just going to use your upgrade to get a really cheap Windows phone. And I swapped the SIM out. I had my iPhone 5 and I swapped the SIM between that and Lumia, like whatever. And during the day, I was like, what, what phone do I want to use today? And I'll just use that. Nice. I know. I mean, and there's definitely like I'm an iPhone person, and I always will be. But there's definitely like I, w- I could live with that Nokia for like, for, it was it was a great phone, and I, I, it's kind of sad they never got more popular. I mean, it's it's their own fault probably for all the mistakes they made, but the designs were nice. So how's the was the camera way better on, than the iPhone? It was in some ways it was like it was I would say the iPhone was probably overall like a little bit sharper, but the images just looked the color and the low light were better on the Lumia for sure. It was notable. I think it had it's one of the early phones that had like a stabilized lens or whatever in it, and it just did it did really well at night. Like the photos looked a lot more vibrant, so it was nice to take photos on and stuff. And it was just I don't know. And honestly, like something in bright red. I'm a big fan of deep red. I love it's my favorite. I'll buy I'll buy something if it's if I can find it in red. That's why I'm thinking about switching back to like a mini iPhone next time, just so I can get a different color. But I'll probably not do that and just get the more expensive one. But regardless, uh, those Lumia phones were really fun designs. Then what do you think of the iPhone Mini? Uh, I think it seems awesome. Like if if they had the portrait lens on it, I would pretty much just be having that. Like I don't, I love small phones, but I also. I, when I take photos with my phone, a lot of the time it's with that longer portrait lens, and I, I kind of miss that. So that's you know kind of the main thing. It's like I I wish I had the full camera, but it's also a really tiny phone for today's standards. Yeah, it's rumored that they might have another version and then quit after that. That's why I'm kind of like maybe I should get in while the getting's good and get one this year, like for the 13 mini. And then in case they don't make another one, at least I can have like one year of a nice small phone with nice red finish. Mm-hmm. Too bad too. Cause it's funny when I got, when I had this Nokia, like it was at the time, like a chunky phone and like I'm holding next to the iPhone now and it's like small. But yeah. So are, are we starting the podcast? Is this already going or? Uh, kind of. 
And the live one is. <laughs> okay. So your your conversation is uh, recorded. <laughs> yeah, I think I got that much. But I mean, are, are you wanting us to start our own recordings? You know, to send you later with the with the good mics, or is this not that kind of thing? No, I. I'm looking at the topics. Uh, I got a few quick topics and uh, yeah, uh, I'm ready. I could check the mic, my mic. not find a micro USB cable in here. <laughs> hmm. Hi. This does not look normal. What is going on? <laughs> Maybe it's recording weird. Hi. Oh, this looks normal. <laughs> okay, I got it. <laughs> Are you ready, Trevor? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, countdown from three. Click when I say click. Uh, okay, let's fuck it up. <laughs> are you gonna are you gonna talk about uh, that company that wants to review their products? Uh, uh sure, I can do that. When are you gonna put that in? I don't know, it'll be a surprise. A surprise. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Three, two, one, click. Hi, this is Alex Hicken with the Very Hicken Bros Podcast. We are recording episode three, no, episode four of episode, episode four of season four. And Nick is with us. Howdy, howdy. We're live on, live on uh, Green Room. Uh I think you got some pretty good topics. Uh, how are you guys doing? Trevor had the day off today, right? I just got treats and stayed out of the house and it's my day. Yeah, I had to yeah, work. So- I had a weird schedule this week. I'm not used to working like uh, Fridays and Saturdays, but I'm going to be doing that, so... 
just another day on the farm. Yeah, Maybe I don't know if any photo phone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody's noticed, but I've been uh, sharing the completed, like published product of the podcast at like really early morning, like three or four in the morning, <laughs> and my sleep pattern has been really messed up. And my whoop has been saying I need. Well, on Monday it said that I need like ten and a half hours of sleep to catch up. And according to my the wearable technology, I only sleep like ninety percent efficiency. So I actually need to sleep ten percent longer than ten and a half hours. <laughs> so seems like a very long time. I don't even know if I could get. I can't get myself to sleep that much <laughs> nowadays, yeah. especially with my work schedule. Yeah. I'm always waking up. I wake up at 6.30 or 7 or 7.30 and like it's hard for me to get back to sleep sometime. I mean, once in a while I can do it for an hour or two, but I don't know. Maybe it's my advanced age, but it's, it's not as yeah. easy for me now to just sleep forever. <laughs> you evolved age. On Monday, went to sleep at 6 o'clock and woke up at 5.30. And on, uh, I think it was Thursday... It said I should go to sleep at seven o'clock, <laughs> so I went to sleep at seven o'clock. <laughs> uh, oh, good on you! I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in catching up and sleep. I think it's lost when you don't sleep. A lost cause. <laughs> I would just feel like I'm yeah. wasting my time, like during. <laughs> well, you know, it's like I know I should be sleeping, but I also feel like all what else? What other time? If I'm so, let's say I spend, you know, I get up. And I leave my house at maybe eight eight thirty or nine to go to work, and I don't get home till six like seven maybe. Like that's a that's most of my day, and mm-hmm. then I have to make food and do whatever chores, take a shower, and then by that time it's like eight eight thirty or nine, maybe later. And then at that so that's like a real point where I can start relaxing, and I'm not just gonna go to sleep. I have things to do. I have to. Maybe I want to play a game or watch an episode of TV and then inevitably we spend 30 or 60 movies, 30 or 60 minutes on YouTube. And it just, it kind of all goes down the drain. And then I, I'm like, okay, it's finally 12 or one and I can go to sleep now. And I wake up tired because I spent all my time not sleeping. So it's not the best <laughs> strategy, but I also, it's hard to bring myself to just go to sleep because I always feel like I'm missing out on things, you know? I don't yeah, know. yeah. Monday, uh, I was drowsy so much. I I had to sleep. <laughs> I I couldn't let myself stay up. But I didn't want to work drowsy again. I remember it was interesting just talking about sleep. Um, I I was thinking recently about being tired, kind of, and just how I haven't. Uh, when I was taking classes at the college here. Um, I would. I had this weird split schedule where I would come in in the morning and do a few hours of classes. Uh, mostly the art history classes and stuff were would be scheduled in the morning from maybe nine or nine thirty till twelve or whatever I was doing. And then I'd have this big gap until I had a class again at I forget if it was six or seven till nine or something. And <laughs> and and because I lived kind of far away from everything and I wasn't driving at the time, I had to get up really early. You know, well for me really early, which is six something maybe. Yeah. And then get up, get up, get ready, walk to the bus stop, wait for the bus, all this stuff, get to school early. And so I just remember like that, thinking back on it, I'm like, how did I do that? And that wasn't even that long ago. I'm not, I'm not a very old person, but when I think about it, it makes a difference. <laughs> even if I think about five to eight years ago, just 
I, I remember being so tired that I would in my in that sort of time in between I would sometimes I had a key to my grandpa's house and I'd go like to sit on the couch for a while and relax in between and I would just fall asleep sitting up because I was so tired or I remember I was hanging out at a friend's house and she put on a movie and I literally I was watching and I just remember falling asleep and she woke me up and I was like oh sorry I'm just so tired and that was just uh-huh. because I would go I would stay up so late and still have to get up so early and after doing that for four or five days a week it just I don't know. I, and, and because I wasn't driving, I was walking everywhere. So I, I did like a ton of physical, you know, exertion, walking around the whole town back and forth. And so I'm, I'm trying to remind myself now, I don't have it bad at all. Like I used to, nowadays I can just get up, drive 15, 20, 30 minutes to work. You know, it's not hard work. It's not physical. So, you know, I try to remind myself, it's, I, you know, I'm not really that tired because once in a while I do feel tired and I'm like, <laughs> this isn't real. I've been, I'm not hustling. I'm not, you know, I'm not serving at a restaurant for eight hours and then going taking college classes and then I'm not doing all this hard stuff. I'm just uh-huh. doing basic shit. But it is funny to put a, put a perspective on things. Once you once I look back at it, I realize, wow, you know, maybe I was actually tired then. Now I really just shouldn't be complaining, <laughs> even if I'm yawning when I get to work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Half the day is just yawning. <laughs> Yeah, and I usually too. Um, when I get tired or like feel like um, not to my like a hundred percent, I usually just like <laughs> try to like drink a bunch of like energy drink or like caffeine or like drown myself in like powdered water or something. That's funny. Yeah, I guess I would do water or something, but I, I wish that I could uh, drink energy drinks but caffeine still kind of messes me up it just it doesn't make me really have energy but it makes me feel kind of sick and my heart races and stuff so i'm, I'm jealous of people who can just take a quick quick shot of caffeine otherwise i guess yeah, sometimes like oh, some sugar might help temporarily but it doesn't last long yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's uh, a temporal fix until you get home and then you just crash yeah yeah, one of one of my uh, interesting topics I thought was funny is like Japan has like specific days for like awareness, and they have an upcoming day for August first, kind of Water Day. <laughs> and I guess they choose like an ambassador, and this year it's like the Pokemon Vaporeon as an ambassador. <laughs> that's that's kind so of cool. Yeah, they get a have a Vaporeon walking around raising a awareness for water resource and conservation yeah we talked about water recently with the the drought and how data centers are using up millions of gallons each day it's pretty crazy yeah we got rain here but it wasn't nearly enough for the drought problem we have here in utah yeah i'm really not looking i mean in some ways I am looking forward to the end of summer because I want to spend lots of my weekends at the beach enjoying the warm breeze and relaxing. But I am also not looking forward to it because we're just heading into prime fire season in California. And the fires were so bad. They were, it felt apocalyptic last summer. and it, There's no indication it's going to get any better. Honestly, the, you know, the drought was – we got very little rain here. So it, it, I probably actually ranted about it on the podcast last year. But it, there were days where it was so thickly smoked everywhere that – it, the, or, the light was like dark orange. It felt like we were on Mars. And that is really spooky. <laughs> Not great for our lungs or for yeah. the environment. 
So um, yeah. I kind of feel like it's a matter of time. It'd be great if we went through the year without getting that, but it, you know, we already have some big fires going. I have uh, my, uh, my boss at work was supposed to be taking his vacation week out in the, I think he was in the Sierras camping or something. And the first two weeks were huge, heavy smoke, just like that because of a fire up there. And he had to leave early because of that and stuff. So it was kind of shitty to think like it's already happening in some places. And it, I'm, it will inevitably come closer to here because the wildfires do. But, you know, mm-hmm. it makes it definitely, we are, lots of us around, around the world and around the U.S. are already experiencing like pretty bad effects of the wildfires that happen every year. Yeah. Were you able to yeah. enjoy the summer this past couple weeks or so, Nick? Yeah, I was. It was cool. I had a, the way my schedule works at uh, work, I have a coworker who, if both of us swap two of our days for one of the weeks, it gives us both a five day weekend kind of, you know, that, oh, you know, yeah. I, so basically I'm going to work four days and get one off and then work four more days. And that's what she did. And so in trade off that ends up giving each other like five days. And I did that because she wanted to swap out and have go on a little trip. She ended up not taking a trip, but it still gave us those five day weekends and I didn't have any plans, but I kind of did a staycation thing and stayed home and I went out and did my usual stuff, went for walks. Went, I went to the beach for a day and swam and baked in the sun and did all the stuff and, Made a lot of good food, so it was not something that I didn't do anything exciting. But just having some time off for more than two or three days feels good once in a while. It's like it's really I really don't take that much time off of work. Not that my work schedule is very busy, but I believe that everybody deserves more time off in general. No matter how much you work, we could always use more time. So I'm I don't know. I enjoy that for the last couple of days, but now I'm I'm paying the reciprocal end of that. So now I had four days and I'll have my one Sunday off and work four more days. So it'll be kind of a busy, you know eight days for me, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think for me, summary, I don't know, I guess it might be a nostalgia thing, but like summary is one of my, probably my favorite holiday because it's like, you get to hang out and just be in the heat and hang out and just like, don't worry about school and stuff. I guess that's what kind of excites me about summer, even though I'm not at school. It's funny, I have that same feeling sometimes, and that's what makes me, I feel a little bit discordant between not being in school and then looking outside while I'm working and thinking to myself, there's all, you know, why, that's how I felt in these last five days. I really got, after the third day off, when I started having my extra days, I spent my time basically relaxing. I went, <laughs> I went to the farmer's market. I went to the, all these things I never really do. And it was just really, it felt the same way a little bit as during the lockdowns from the pandemic last year. Um, I don't know. It just makes me, it makes me realize how much everybody's lives could improve if we all got more, like I said, more time off. I know other other kind of Western countries or European countries have more mandated vacation, or I know some places, I think Finland or was it Sweden or a couple of places that expect to close for months at a time and they just take a summer holiday and that's just normal. Or you, or you maybe you get four weeks of vacation every year. There's all these different places that have much more than maybe they standardize the four day work week in some countries. And that all makes so much more sense. I just think everybody's everybody becomes so much more happy when you have more time, when the work balance, when the work life balance is more evenly split and less about you have to work five to five to seven days depending on your job, you know, to survive. It just, you know, it's when you have when you have the when you have the pleasure of taking some time off, it reminds you how much the world needs more time off, or at least the Americans need more time off. Yeah. <laughs> 
What I find when I go on vacation is that typically you want to do so much stuff on your time off that you don't really rest that well and <laughs> stay up or whatever to catch up and stuff. So yeah, I suppose just, it depends on your personality. Maybe just uh, days to rest also should be added. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's how I feel about my... I generally... I work... My standard schedule is like a four-day-a-week kind of thing, and I still feel that. Like, I it, I love that. And I know most people aren't kind of able to do that, but I, I currently am. And it really reminds me that it's so nice to have two days of two days of rest and then one day of catching up and doing chores and whatever you need to do. You know, having a normal weekend, you only get one day to kind of enjoy yourself. And then the next day, you're already thinking about, okay, I have to prepare for the next week. Yeah. And I realize that around here, almost everybody does that, but it, it doesn't have to be that way. If we if we chose to change the systems that we have a work here, uh, two days, it just feels, it's just a, such a better balance. So I don't know. I hope I hope to see a day where more places start adopting schedules that are more forgiving of people's time. You know, we should be able to hopefully in some places start paying enough to people where they can work four days and live comfortably and live a life outside of work. Yeah. Yeah. My first quick topic is that uh, Corning announced their augmented reality uh, glass for automobiles. I think the glass is... The technology, they may have made the glass more applicable to augmented reality, but the main technology is in their mirrors. It's a special mirror that they developed that will project uh, images uh, to your image and through your view, and you could. you could see your speed and everything on the the windshield. I'm kind of here for that. I, I don't know. I haven't seen the. I haven't read enough about it. Whether it just it seems like a logical progression. I wonder in practice how useful that is because I know right now most of our dial clusters and speed and all that are kind of in their own area. You have, you either have a screen or you have actual physical dials that show you the, that information. And I wonder, it seems very cool and kind of cyberpunk to be looking out and to see this overlay, this heads-up display. I wonder if, if people would like that or if it becomes distracting to them to not, you know what I mean, to, to see to see the road behind that, if that's harder, if it's more illegible or if it's easy to read. I think I would like it because I'm so used to playing video games. I could see a lot of people being put off by it because they can't just glance and see it immediately. If you look down at your speedometer, you know there's nothing else showing there but your speed versus if you look at, you know, if you're looking at the road and you just see that in the corner, a lot of people aren't used to it. But on the conversely, like I said, some of the, many people now, millions of people have grown up expecting to see a bunch of information in their peripheral because you play video games and you're used to it. So it'd be cool to have that option for modern yeah. cars to just have a huge you know, windshield that can you can overlay what you need. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of interesting. Another yeah, like, interface that they have, kind of, the pitching kind of is that they will project. Uh, Images like on the road about uh, maybe 20 feet or maybe 25 feet ahead of the car. So it won't be like in their vision and we can like on the road. <laughs> I mean, what? Yeah. 
kind of weird. When you say project, yeah. you mean project onto the onto the windshield. You mean like sort of a like an AR projection of like directions or hazards yeah. and things like that. You're not talking about projecting uh, from the car onto the road, like a projection into your vision of yeah, things like projection that. Into your vision, yeah, yeah. That would be that again would be great. I've been hearing that about when I read various articles about upcoming car technology or AR technology. That's that's what kind of makes me excited because what's even better than having you know GPS built into your cars. If you if it could show you on the road, like it could overlay a virtual arrow saying get into this lane, take this exit. It would be that, that's probably the clearest way to drive with directions, you know, or for to put a warning up on the side saying don't turn yet. You have a car coming up three feet behind yeah. you. Yeah, like that that really I think that would be a huge boon to safety if it was clear and bright enough to be able to re, to be able to see easily during all times of the day. Having that kind of AR guided driving, I think that could actually be. A great stepping stone, or maybe better than um, self-driving, because self-driving, true self-driving, is going to take so long. If we can do augmented driving that gives us a lot of assistance but keeps us in control, maybe that's one way that we can improve safety and still kind of be controlling our cars for a while until full self-driving is ready. Yeah, I could see like, like uh, you said, like oh, there's like some kind of warning or like notification, some kind of like representation on. Maybe if there's cars on your right side passing and they show like a lot of dots, so you don't have to use your mirrors. If you're like keeping your eyes on the road, it like show something like, oh, there's a car passing or like this color card. Like use cameras and then notify you through the heads up display of what's happening. Yeah, I mean, see, a lot like, of that basic tech is things. kind of already in existence. I know that. Yeah, uh, on ton- on tons of cars, most uh, probably within the last few years, uh, on your mirrors you have a light and it has like a thing that can detect if something's in your blind spot. And so when you're looking in the in the rear, not the rearview mirror, but the side mirrors, um, if it has a light on, you know that somebody's kind of coming up on you in a certain way and it's hard to see them. So it'd be that same st- type of tech. But if you wouldn't even have to look in the mirror, you can keep your eyes on on the road and just kind of glance and see um, some sort of visual of it coming up. Maybe even a 3D sort of, I don't know, something. I think that's. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. I just, yeah. I wonder if, I wonder how it's going to be implemented because the technology is either there or will be there soon. You know, thinking about even years ago, Google glass or, or there's that Sony phone. It was a little cell phone that Sony made that had a transparent display that you could see through. So, you know, you think <laughs> that by now we could create tech that could create a transparent display. So the, the question really is, the computing power, the sensors, and the software to make it actually usable for driving and make it rock solid so that there's never any problems with it. Because that's the other problem. The more that you, the less, the more that you kind of put into the software of, of a car, the more potential you have for failure. You know, and there, there are, I know yeah. I've heard, not personally, but I, I listen to tech podcasts and stuff. And I, some of the people who are in those podcasts own Tesla cars. And every once in a while, like the system has to reboot while you're driving. And it'll still drive, but mo- many of the features of the car become unusable while the system's rebooting for, uh, I don't know, a minute, two minutes, half a minute, whatever it is. But that's a long time to be without some of your controls or without your display. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> that might not happen yeah. all the time. But, hey, when you're driving, like, my, you know, my car right now never does that. It's never had an issue. And I've been, I've, you know, I've, I got a new, I've, I've driven 20,000 miles and I've had no problems with this, with it needing to reboot. You know, and most other cars, you can drive a car 200,000 miles. And if it's just an old car, it doesn't have to reboot. So I'm not saying that software problems will plague everybody, but I'm just saying it's something it becomes more aware of, right? Like you have to think about if it's connected with a 5G connection or whatever, do you have to worry about malware? All these different things 
come into play. The more advanced it gets, the more potential is there, but also the more potential for failure. So you really have to like they have to. I can't. I, I wouldn't want to be on the team. I have to worry about security and about reliability in a car like that because yeah. you know uh, you'd hope that they could patch it over the air or something. But if there's a bug in a car, you know you really don't want. It, it's such a public safety really issue that it'd be really high pressure to work on that to be responsible for creating features that are life and death features for people. Yeah, I had a coworker. He had problems with his computer, but he never had time to let it update. <laughs> every single, he, uh, like most every evening, they'd say, oh, you need to update. And then he just shuts the computer off. <laughs> and yeah, so these updates are important for com- for computers. And when these cars start relying more on updates and software, I don't know who will be patient with it. <laughs> Yeah, especially, and then there are always the people who, let's say they decide, okay, this car has a software update that it's absolutely forced. Like, it's maybe legally mandated that, you know, if it's a life-saving feature, it has to do the software update. And let's say that takes one minute, two minutes, five minutes, whatever it takes, there will there eventually will be a person who says, who goes to court because their car was updating and they had to get to the hospital and they couldn't make it in time and somebody died. Or, you know, there's, there's, there, will, there will always be edge cases. So that... But that's going to come out sometime, and it's going to be terrible publicity for new cars. And I don't know; it always happens that way, right? There's a couple of bad experiences that people have with the new technology, and that everybody hears about it, and then everybody gets afraid of whatever the technology is. And what really yeah. the, the statistics are that that it's an improvement for everybody. But because everybody, you know, you only hear about the bad things. You hear bad reviews about whatever comes out, but you never, nobody ever pays attention to the really good ones of whatever. You know, it's it's good. people. Humans are just more likely to be to pay attention to things that are negative when it comes to things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple other announcements is that, uh, they announced, no, oh, they announced this technology with a partnership with Hyundai and this is not really an announcement, but they said that in 2020, nearly, uh, 5 million cars are sold with the, the heads up, display technology so like yeah like you said it's it's already here just corning is hopefully gonna yeah it's interesting speaking of corning yeah. i guess just really briefly um I, I don't have a link for it here in our document but I, I think I read an article or I read a headline saying that Corning announced um, an introduction of a product of, of glass that, that can be used for camera lenses, which I thought was interesting, um, partially because, wow. and I, I think the focus really was for smartphones, you know, in terms of that kind of thing, like small scale, like really small lenses. I don't know if that was really intended. Most of the, most of the big camera companies are going to keep manufacturing their own glass because that's their job. <laughs> they are really good at it, but uh I just thought it was interesting, you know, Corning making this announcement for the heads-up displays and talking about doing this. It's really, they've gone from being, you know, a company that makes really hard glass for various products like phones to being trying to provide solutions. You know, every com- every company in our, our capitalistic system can't just be a good company. They have to continue growing. So we're, we're really seeing the diversification of their company before our eyes as they try to go into, they, they're trying to find markets that are growing or that exist and really put themselves in there and say, you know, our product is worthy, it's, it's worthy enough to exist here. You, you, you don't want to just use 
your own glass to make this car. You want to use corning glass. You know, you don't want to just come up with a basic lens for your cell phone camera. You want to put corning glass in this. So it's kind of interesting to see that happen with them. Oh, I'm curious how much of a difference. I wonder if they'll become a major player in anything with glass. You know, if you're making a product, whether it's a car or a phone, that includes important glass. I wonder if Corning's trying to become that supplier to say, here's, you know, we're the high-tech glass supplier for these products. Yeah. I mean, they, with the Gorilla Glass, they've developed, like, more scratch-resistant or shadow-resistant than the newest ones. I wonder if that would be some kind of, like, feature for lens, like, hey, this is going to be more scratch-resistant or shadow-resistant if you drop it compared to your own uh, lens glass you're developing. I wonder about that. I know, I know, for instance, I think, I don't think, I don't know for sure, I'm guessing, though, that, I don't think Corning provides the glass covers for iPhone lenses. Like, I know, because uh, I'm pretty sure they're sapphire covered, or they have been for a while, like synthetic sapphire for hardness. So it's really hard to scratch an yeah. iPhone camera lens. And I'm wondering, let's say they keep that. What makes it, what's the benefit to putting Corning glass into a camera like that? Assuming that you have sapphire covering the actual lens, is it going to, you know, I'm curious the value for that. I, I think that. For some applications, the, the screen of a phone, for instance, having the best glass from Corning makes sense. But for things, I'm, I'm kind of, as the resident photographer, I'm kind of dubious. What what value is this bringing to something? You know, how many people do you know really, every once in a while, somebody will drop their phone and break the camera. Yeah. But most people drop their phone and they break the screen or the back panel if it's made of glass. And they're, I don't know. I just think that that's a bigger deal. And Corning's already in that market. So I'm curious to see if it really makes a difference to be offering camera lens glass and also because in, in uh, like i said i think it's for sm- smartphones but they a lot of the big camera manufacturers their big deal like fuji and canon and nikon their big deal is manufacturing their own lenses that's how they make that's how they get the top quality you know lenses have been uh, i guess i don't know if i've ranted about it before but in the last 10 years or 15 years especially the the quality of lenses has gone way up because digital sensors demand way more than they used to but that means that they've gone up in price and they've gone up in manufacturing precision. You really have to make things have to be ground and molded to really fine scales to make sure that they're as sharp as they can be for these really high res cameras we have. And that's kind of the, the, the realm of these people like, you know, Canon, Fuji, like their job is to make these lenses. I don't know. I, it's hard for me to think of, I don't know, is Corning going to, I don't think Corning is going to move into that market. I think it's probably, they're probably focused on high volume things like smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw that article. I never read into it, but really cool. Um, I guess I don't have any segue, but um, there, <laughs> there is some kind of uh, development from going to developing or like writing for some kind of live action Pokemon <laughs> show for Netflix. They already heard about did that, a, yeah. The, the Detective Pikachu. I wonder if they're trying to ride off that success, and I wonder if they do the same kind of like, like comedy kind of thing. They probably won't get Ryan Reynolds. That movie was pretty popular, right? It was relatively successful. Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I think it was. So if it maintains that aesthetic, success. I wonder if it's going to be good. I don't know. You know, I have to admit, I actually haven't seen Detective Pikachu. But uh, people who saw it, it was pretty good. 
I did I see that picture. No, I never saw. I saw Sonic. Oh, you know, never mind. No comment. <laughs> um, but the um, the person like it's gonna be the like producer. I think is a co-showrunner of Lucifer, so it could be good. Yeah, you know, you've seen more of Lucifer than I have. What I watched, I enjoyed. So yeah, I've seen. It's kind of it's kind of bizarre though, going from Lucifer to Pokemon. <laughs> Same idea, right? Like monsters, or not monsters, but like <laughs> we we like not uh, human things coming through and need to figure out what's happening. It's like all the Pokemon are gonna be super sexy and just to make us really question our our entire existence. <laughs> mm. I don't know if I'm here for that. Especially with all those, you know, we, let's not turn this into a Pokemon rant podcast. We can plan that for another time, but all the new yeah. Pokemon that are modeled, all anthropom- they're all anthropomorphized <laughs> and they look more like humans. And it's like, no, these are supposed to be animalistic creatures that are not just wrestling pigs or whatever the hell you are. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, one which bad dinosaurs with plants on their back. Exactly. Thank you. Um. Yeah. So from there, I guess I think Alex has something. I don't know if he's still around. Can't really hear him. So yeah, is Alex uh, still in the building? Yeah, that's a good question. Can't hear him. Maybe he's muted. Um. Yeah. So. I have yeah, I suppose a topic. We, we can continue, yeah. So, what's next? Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, you, I guess not talking. Oh, there you go. All right, there you go, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering if you guys are kind of hearing me. I made some comments and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so talking about uh, watching TV, um, the Olympics is going on. And Nick has said that he um, has been watching it. But the topic that I wanted to talk about is that uh, the Olympic uh, Village, the hotel, and there's two stadiums is all powered by uh, hydrogen fuel. And you know, I also, didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. They also have a bunch of uh, um, hydrogen fuel cars to driving people around. Um, yeah, last time they hosted the Olympics in uh, like 1964 something, they they debuted this technology, the high speed train that like a big marble and this is their next contribution to technology is um, hydrogen fuel. Um, yeah, so powers everything basically. The the lights, the heating, the hot water, the cafeterias and they have uh, they have temporary housing for uh, 11,000 athletes. That always blows my mind. You know, I know that the, the Olympics is obviously a huge event, but that's a lot of people. And especially because I think the media really focuses on, 
a few of the sports more than others. Everybody, yeah. everybody that I talk, at least around here in the U.S., we're all very centric about our athletes. I hear a lot about swimming, about gymnastics, uh, about track and field. And those have a lot of people, but we don't have, you know, every team has got maybe five, eight people on it. But then when you really expand it to the entire world and all these teams, in, <laughs> they have teams in everything. You know, I'm not, I admit, I'm not always watching Olympic basketball or Olympic rugby, or you know, which some people watch, but it, it, 11,000 people is a lot of people. Yeah, in Salt Lake over here, they were able to use their facilities and stuff pretty well. But it seems like after the games are done, they're planning to convert the Olympic Village and and some of the facilities to uh, hydrogen-powered flats or apartments, a school, a a shopping center, and uh, other stuff. That's pretty cool. I know, I know it's such a, I don't know if I would say controversial, but it's an interesting point to think about all these cities who, you know, they want to be put in the running to become an Olympics host city, but that also means producing venues for all this and producing kind of the infrastructure to hold an event this large. And, yeah. you know, you see sometimes these places, they spend so much money. I didn't, I, I, I'm not, I admit, I'm not sure if I'm hundred percent correct, but I read something around the, in the twenties, like twenty four million, no, twenty four billion dollars or something, uh, a shitload, a ton of money that was spent by Japan to create the facilities and infrastructure for these games, and then the pandemic. I mean, this year, this particular game, the pandemic happened, but they said that they were expecting, uh, was it four or ten billion or a certain amount of? It was like I think it was four billion in tourist income from people visiting the games and then uh, and then over the next 10 years another 10 or 20 billion or whatever so hopefully the idea is that by hosting the games you eventually make it back in, in tourism basically and from people who maybe visit you know maybe you visit tokyo to go to the games and you realize how awesome it is so you go again later within the next 10 years and that kind of brings more money back to them but it's it's become kind of ridiculous. I, as much as I, I've actually i'm really into watching the olympics i never watch sports but i'm, I'm i love watching the olympics but I also think it's unfortunate when a, a host country has to spend, put so much time and effort and money into creating this event. And, you know, honestly, they, they probably don't always make it back. We're not, not in an easy way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, some other things to say. And then you could talk about what you've been watching. Uh, yeah, uh, Japan has been like, the first nation states to adopt hydrogen hydrogen fuel strategy in 2017. And they have a whole city based on... No, they don't have a whole city based on it, but they have the largest um, hydrogen fuel plant in this city in Fukushima. Um yeah, it uh, generates. Uh, Fukushima, notably um, affected by the yeah. tsunami and the nuclear reactor meltdown, right? Yeah. Or whatever that was. It was nuclear, a kind of irradiated area. So it's, I, I guess I want to say it's not too much of a surprise that they're searching for other forms of energy. Yeah, it seems, it's like Fukushima may be like a Providence. Because this uh, hydrogen fuel plant is in a town called 
Nemi. I'm probably saying it wrong. But they have a 10,000 kilowatt uh, clean energy system producing 900 metric tons of hydrogen per year. And that's powering uh, about uh, 500 hydrogen cars, 100 hydrogen buses, and hydrogen forklifts. <laughs> and uh, they, they have uh, 35 hydrogen fuels around the city, uh, hydrogen fuel stations around that one city. And it's pretty crazy because I saw that there's only like 450 in the whole world and only 10% of it is like in California. But they have uh, 34 in one little town that's Japan is pretty far ahead in this hydrogen fuel technology. I spoke recently, or maybe a few months ago, that uh, Toyota, they released a hydrogen fuel car in California and in Japan. My dad mentioned that he saw it, and that it's pretty exciting to hear that. <laughs> That's your like. I, it was like, I think it's called the Mirai. Yeah. Yeah, the... I feel like the more progressive uh, states would be like California and Japan to accept and even try out these vehicles for anyone else. So, yeah, makes sense. I'm curious because I'm just not educated enough on, I guess, hydrogen fuel. Uh, do you guys know? Is it? It's. I want to. Th- I always think. Okay, yeah, it's probably a green sort of energy, but is it really? How, I guess, environmentally friendly is it? Do you guys know? Is it, is it a good alternative? It's probably better than fossil fuels because um, pretty much everything is. But, you know, when you think about I mean, people have talked about how electric cars, for instance, there's always the cost of the electricity, the creating you know, the electricity you get doesn't come free. It comes from a plant that's probably burning, you know, coal or something. You know, the, that the energy has to come from somewhere or, you know, the batteries produce, produce a lot of chemicals or uh you know, heavy metals that are dangerous. There's lots of, there's lots of things that go beyond, okay, we think it's green because it's electric. Yeah. But really what goes into this? So I'm not sure like all the, are there trade-offs when it comes to hydrogen power? I I don't know. Do you guys know anything about that? Is is it really just a very clean form of energy or are there other trade-offs when it comes to making things that can, that can be run with hydrogen? The, the only issue is that, uh, the source of energy that is uh, doing, I don't know what type, what's the process called, but the energy source that makes the hydrogen kind of makes it green or not, there's various labels of different colors of uh, hydrogen fuel. I think green is obviously the made with green. I did an episode about this, but I forgot <laughs> the names of the colors, but there's like gray and blue or something. If it's made with, like, um, coal and uh, other carbon-based 
um, fuels, it has a lower ranking. I mean, if you think about it, that makes sense because people, they want to think that they're doing the right thing and using sustainable energy. But if you're using a, whether it's electricity or hydrogen and it's powered by, it's created or powered by energy that has to burn coal to be created, that's not really, you know, in the spirit of doing something that's a lot more environmentally friendly. So there's a lot of things and that, that goes, that goes for a lot of things that we do, you know, especially with food or with, there's all different things that in life where you, you try to do the good thing or the green thing or the sustainable thing, but it takes more than just buying the product or using the product. You have to kind of, sometimes you have to kind of figure out, is this actually um, doing, is this actually a benefit or, or am I just kind of repackaging something that is being sold as green, but it really is taking a ton of coal to produce this. I try to be aware of that a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm absolutely not an expert, but I, the world of, the sort of supply chain of everybody of everything is so complex now that it makes me think about things like that. I go, okay, this is this is being sold as a green product. Even even at work, I have I, I work again for anybody who might listen and not know. I work at a print shop, a photo photo lab, and we have some papers that are labeled as green papers. And I actually have had a couple of customers who talk to me about, you know, I want to use this paper specifically. I only want to print on this because it's supposed to be made out of recycled material. I think that's awesome. I think the people, it's great that people care. But in my mind, I also wonder just about the whole process, you know, how much energy, nobody ever thinks about it, but how much energy is it taking and how much, is it, is it, how much better for the environment is it that it's recycled? how much energy is being expended to do the recycling, how much all this stuff, you know, it's, it's more than just having the label on there. It's more than saying this is green energy, more than saying it's just hydrogen. It's really about how is this produced and is this actually offsetting? Is this, is this actually better or is it just like, you know, hydrogen burns clean. So it's great. Yeah. That's, that's a great benefit. But if you're producing it with all the coal, it's still not really, that's not optimal, you know? Yeah. I mentioned before, hopefully that, you know how you have different grades of uh, gasoline. Hopefully, they don't have like different grades of hydrogen. I hope that they only they have like a mandate that they only sell green hydrogen fuel. They don't have like oh, this is a cheaper version that's just made from carbon or something. But people don't really care. Just go for the price; it's cheaper. I mean, I agree with you, but knowing consumers, we all want the lowest price. So I feel like a lot of people are going to just say. I'll buy I'll buy a hydrogen based something a car if if I can get hydrogen for this much less than gas and if yeah. to get it that low it has to be produced the fastest and cheapest way which would be using carbon coal plants to create their electricity that powers the plant that creates the hydrogen fuel they're probably going to do that I mean that's just how kind of it tends to go but yeah I would, I would, maybe I'll do a little investigation see like what a hydrogen fuel stations like and see what the options are if there's actually green or different yeah you know it might not be that bad you know it might be that things might end up maybe i don't know i i like i like i said i have to admit that i don't know a whole lot about that because i don't have any experience with hydrogen powered technology or cars or anything so maybe the situation could be better but my expectation at least in the u.s is generally always very low so if people can do anything yeah. they possibly can to make something cheaper and get more people to buy it, they will. So I'm really hoping for the future of all this sustainable energy that things can, I don't know. that it, It's the same thing if I was reading uh, kind of this is a little bit of an aside, but I guess kind of relevant. I remember 
I, you know, I, everybody knows I pay a lot of attention to Apple and they always talk about their environmental initiatives, which I think is great because they talk about them a lot. You can even compare to some companies. They have a lot of great, uh, they have a good person in charge of that and they're doing a lot of things to try to improve the environment for what they can do. But they, they talked about how they're, they're, they're for, at first the goal is their kind of corporate uh, operations. And I think eventually they're in retail operations. All their operations eventually are or eventually will be, I forget, will be powered by renewable energy, which is great. But then when you kind of read about it, it's really not that it's not like every Apple store has solar panels. It's that they, they like create enough solar energy or something to offset the carbon emissions that they're creating by using grid, grid energy for all their operations. So yes, you are doing great things by creating more solar energy or, or buying carbon or, you know, do however it works, whether you're donating or buying or all these different things to create alternative fuel methods. But in the end, a lot of your places are still relying on traditional energy. So yes, it's great that in if you kind of do the math and say yes, I'm offsetting my carbon emissions by by creating renewable energy. That's great. But what we really need to do is get off of unsustainable energy. You know, so I, that's the thing when I hear companies like that or Apple, it's like yes, it's great that you're producing, you're offsetting that all. We have to go farther than offsetting. We have to actually start switching all of our energy to things that are more renewable than just coal or gas or, you know, all these things that are unsustainable to, you know, growing population on this planet of a finite size. Mm-hmm. So what uh, sports have you been watching? <laughs> um, I don't know. Like kind of whatever's on, I guess. I mean, I, I like watching swimming and I love watching gymnastics because that shit is crazy. I like mm-hmm. watching, um, I, randomly, I'm kind of into watching beach volleyball because I I remember a couple of years, like two Olympics ago, I think 2012 or something. I just was watching what was on, and I, I it was randomly on. And I was like, oh, this is I think because it's a team sport with two people. That's it's uh, it's pretty dramatic because you have this ball. It's like very easy to follow. I guess like tennis, maybe you know, it's really easy to be able to figure out what's going on. And I watched, I tried to watch some rugby yesterday, and I could kind of get what's going on. But it was, it, to me, having never really watched it, it looked like a lot of people tackling each other and throwing a ball around and it was just not very not a whole lot happened but with with something like volleyball it's pretty clear like you're scoring every 30 seconds or minute or two and it's it's always very fast paced so i like watching beach volleyball um i watch track and field just because it's fun to watch people be super fast and, and honestly anything i love the i love watching the olympics because although i'm not really a sports person i never watch sports i'm really i'm, I'm into the idea of watching the like sort of the some of the top humans in the world doing what they do best. Some of the stuff that just, it seems inhuman watching those, um, gymnastics experts. I can't, can't even imagine. Like, here I am. I bought my <laughs> a few months ago. I bought a sort of a dip bar to do workouts at home where has, I can do dips and pulls and different things. And here I am struggling to do basic exercises, with my body weight. And then there's these amazing Olympic gymnasts who can levitate, seemingly without gravity on these rings that they're just pulling themselves around or, or the women who can do the uneven bars and just fly between them. And it's just, it's fucking incredible. So I get a kick out of watching like, Oh, you know, I can't do this, but it's amazing to know that I, <laughs> I am part of the human race and that some of us, you know, one or two out of every million are able to do these incredible things. It's really fun to watch. You guys watch that. Are you guys like invested at all in that kind of thing? Or are you guys kind of just whatever? Yeah, I felt pretty proud because this year is basically the only year where I watched the whole um, 
opening ceremonies. I, I did some ratio, like counting, like because it showed the population of the um, country versus uh, how many athletes are there. And I thought it was interesting because there's, I don't know what country it was, but one was like, they only had 36,000 people in the country, but six people were there. So that's pretty high ratio, I think. You said like one in a million, but that's it's like one yeah. out of every 6,000 people. I mean, it's, it's all relative, of course, to the nation. <laughs> and that's why I think on one hand, Sometimes it seems a little bit like, oh, it's the, you know, it's the China versus U.S. versus Australia and Japan. Like, you know, there's a, there's a handful of countries that, in a lot of events, are the top countries. And sometimes it feels like, okay, we say it's about the world, but it ends up being about these five or eight countries or whatever. But it makes sense in a way because we're some of these countries are so big, China and Russia and the U.S. and that there's so many people that there's bound to be a couple of standout people that become the best. And they're, you know I mean? There's a bigger pool of people that be to become mm-hmm. the best gymnasts in the world versus a country that has way fewer people. There's just less like statistically or less likely to have as many amazing people as you do in a country with 400 million people or a billion people. Yeah. Um, so that definitely makes sense, but it's, it's still, I don't know. I like the idea of it being, I guess I haven't been super jaded about it yet because I'm not, I'm not I, I talk about it like I watch it a lot, which I do, but I'm not super knowledgeable about any of the sports. So to me, it's, it, I still kind of, I've fallen for the, the whole warm fuzzies about it being great. What a, what a cool <laughs> thing just about watching the countries come together and it's cool to watch everybody compete and presumably put their, they put their best forward. You know, you, you have all these trials where you get the best from the countries to come, to come together. So it really makes, I don't know. I, I I'm not really sure how much an Olympic medal means compared to a world championship medal in these various sports, but it means a lot. I think like, I, I don't know. I fall for it. I'm kind of in the Olympic, in the Olympic mindset. I, I think it's, it's really fun to watch. Yeah. I, I haven't watched too much, but I've been following it with the, the instant, no, with the, <laughs> with the Olympics app. I could, uh, follow the news pretty well with that. You know, I, I kind of have a problem with that. I wonder, I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. I downloaded the official Olympics app on my phone and it asks you what, um, what country and what sports you're interested in. So I, I filled that out so it could give you updates. But then I realized like during at work, I'll get these, I'll get these notifications. It'll say, Oh, new medal alert. Um, you know, us wins this medal. And I love to, I like to hear that, but I kind of like, because it's in Tokyo and we're in, I am in California time. That's, you know, I'm going to watch it delayed. Usually the prime yeah. time coverage starts at five. I get home at six or something. And I kind of want it to be as a part of the fun is watching it and be like, fuck, 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 yes. And they, they get their gold. So it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of thinking about turning the notifications off because I, I almost don't want to know when they win. I, yeah. Just before the podcast, I got some notifications about the winners of some of the swimming uh, events. And I was happy about the winners. And I thought that was cool, but I, it would have been more fun to watch without really knowing. So especially in those events, I watched swimming, I think last night or the night before, and I think it was two nights ago, and it was one of the relays. And the It, it looked like it was going one way, and one of the countries was going to win, the heavily favored country. I think Australia was favored to win one of the relays in swimming. And then in like the last couple um, lengths of the pool, it turned, you know, 
China started pulling ahead of them and China was first and then suddenly the US is ahead of them. It's, it's just fun to watch. I can, I can see that like I don't watch sports very often but that's what makes it addicting to watch is if, if you don't really know what's going to happen and suddenly something unusual happens, it's like, wow, I need to find out. But then if you just get that spoiled by something, oh yeah, but by the way, US won this, won this medal. Great. Like I still want to watch it but it's part of the fun is not knowing and rooting for your team or whatever to win. Yeah, I, was, I told my coworker like, "Oh, did you hear that we still got won the overall individual best women's gymnastics?" Hell yeah! And he's like, "Oh yeah, it's probably gonna come on TV later today." So I probably spoiled it for him. And he told me about the race that you're talking about. And I'm like, "Oh, when I saw it, like a clip of it, I didn't even watch it because <laughs> I already know the result." Yeah, exactly. And you know, I was thinking, I've been thinking ahead and I'm not, again, like I admit, I'm not super sporty. I wish I was. I'd love, no, I have a, I don't want to unpack that right now, but there's a lot of reasons why I don't have, <laughs> I don't have any friends. I don't have any sports that I play, but you know, I, I can see myself enjoying some sports. I don't really do it very often, but I know in 2028, the summer Olympics are going to be held in uh, LA and mm-hmm. I, for the foreseeable future, I see myself as a Californian, so I'm sure it won't. Be, it won't. It wouldn't be too hard for me to to travel to LA. So I'm thinking. I'm already thinking to myself, like, "Fuck, I love the Olympics. What if I like got a ticket somehow and like went and saw something? I think that, I think that'd be a fun thing because I love going to concerts, you know. And when my favorite metal bands come, I think it'd be fun to see. You know, I guess very few people who are competing this year are going to compete in seven years. That's in, in the Olympics. It's a long time, but whoever the stars end up being, like, I would love. I'm considering, you know, hey, seven years, who even knows? Am I even going to be alive or be in this state? <laughs> I don't know. Coronavirus. <laughs> but I would I would love to be in a world where, like, hey, it'd be cool to just go there and all the stuff that you watch on TV. I think I still think it would be fun. Even if you're super far away, it'd be fun to watch all those routines live, you know, to see these people flying over the bars or the pedestal or the floor and doing these crazy acrobatics or if you're watching – any of the sports, I, I don't know. I've never even, for most of my life, I always just thought, okay, the Olympics are something that happens in another area and you watch it on TV. But soon it'll be happening, well, for seven years soon. Soon it'll be happening uh, here, right here in California. So I'm kind of thinking, hey, that would be kind of fun to check out. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to admit, I kind of fall for it too. I, I was thinking every every time, literally every gym, every non-gym, every uh, Olympics event, <laughs> I, I just say gymnastics because, like, it's where everybody – so much of the media talks about gymnastics. But mm-hmm. there's so much – they always dive into the story. But, you know, the, the media, when you watch NBC or whatever, whoever's broadcasting, they really talk about the story of these athletes, which – because for most of them, they've been training their whole life to do these events. And I have to admit, I kind of fall for it. Like, you kind of – the more you learn about these people, you're like, wow, you – it just takes a certain kind of person to become an Olympic champion. And – you know, obviously the incredibly vast majority of people ever will never, ever achieve the sort of physical peak perfection of these people. So it's really fun to, for like two weeks or three weeks to get an, to get a a view into the life of these people. You know, I what have I dedicated my life to? Nothing. I've dedicated <laughs> four or five years to a part-time to full-time job at a photo lab, which is great. But like, you know, that's not, or, you know, even for, if you go to school and you you work in, you know, architecture, that's great. Or if you work, you know, at a restaurant like Trevor, this is all, it's, it's, hey, they're worthy jobs, but it's not like we spent 10, 20, 30 years perfecting our bodies for 30 to 40 hours a week to, to, to run 
one or two events for two minutes each at the Olympic Games. I mean, it's, just, it's just such a different world they live on, you know? So, yeah. I don't know. If, if there was, like, Olympic, like, photo retouching contest, yeah, maybe I could do that. Or Olympic chicken breading contest, maybe Trevor could win. But yeah, when it comes down that. to it, like, it's these people who can <laughs> who can defy gravity, like Simone Biles, or who can, you know, all these people, it's just incredible. So, I, I'm... I don't know. I, I feel bad because I bet the Olympics are probably problematic in tons of ways. But you know, whatever. I still love watching them. I still, I still, as a non-sports lover, I still get a kick out of it. So I don't know. Yeah, I think it's a little funny how some sports they play like um, at least twenty games to get the Olympic gold medal, and then some people only have to do in like less than ten seconds. <laughs> some people have only. Uh, for sure yeah like, like i was talking about earlier like i was kind of i'm kind of interested in like volleyball so i watched i was looking at the olympic schedule and volley, uh, at least the, like very both of them but the beach volleyball is being held almost every day for like two weeks because there's so many teams and each game takes a long time it's like yeah. i don't know an hour or two so it's like they really have to have tons of games and, and then you look at something like the uh, gymnastics where they have qualifiers and then each routine is like what 15 to 90 seconds and so it's pretty fast to figure out who's the best it's like so many things are or maybe you're doing javelin or track or certain events where it's okay you like it's not hard to get trials you can you can test a lot of people in a short amount of time so the the best of the best are already chosen versus team sports maybe where you have to do a lot of games that take two or three four hours to really complete mm-hmm. but i don't know I, I remember i don't think of myself as somebody who's really into sports but i I learned that when I started watching some competitive Overwatch games, some video games. <laughs> I mean, it sounds kind of dumb, but I mean, if you think about it, that's the first. Not, it took until then in my life, really, in the last couple of years, to to understand why people were into sports. <laughs> because I was never into any sports, and when I started watching competitive video games like Overwatch, because I knew the game, I was invested. I was like, "Whoa, I know why." I, I pretend when I watch the Olympics, I pretend to know. You know, I get in the mindset, okay, oh, fuck, they stepped out of bounds for one, oh, that's going to be two-tenths of a point, oh, they're, are they going to win the Olympic gold? But I don't know any, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But when it comes to Overwatch, like, I played, what, I don't even know what I was, uh, 1,500 hours, I played a lot, I played way too much Overwatch that anybody should admit to. So, I, I think about it, and I'm like, I can see them make a play, and I can I can say to myself, wow, you know, I, I can understand the game, and then I'm like, now I'm invested, now I understand. So I can see why a lot of people... Anybody who's ever, you know, played football or played rugby or played basketball or played any of these or who's sailed or played or done archery, all these people, there's a lot of people who's in, who are involved in all these different sports. Like now, you know, it makes it help me understand where they come from when they're into these sports after having been into watching, digi- you know, video games. So I, I don't know. I think that's one of the cool things that it's brought to me because obviously I... I kind of understand why people watch sports, but people get so into things like the World Cup or the Super Bowl. And I'm, I was always like, ah, fuck them, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh, you're just interested in men kicking around balls and whatever. Yeah, just, and not in a fun way. Attention. Exactly. But now I'm like, oh, you know, now, you know, after watching video games, I, I, I got a new respect for them. Because I'm like, you know, now I realize why this means so much. And to be honest, I still don't 100% understand it. I'm never going to... I'm from California, and I don't... And even then... I know we love our baseball here in the Bay Area, but, like, I don't really give a fuck about sports. Man, I've been watching a lot of Ted Lasso, which is an awesome show, and it really shows me how, um, 
how people are super in, like in England, football is life or whatever, you know, and it's here we're kind of like, okay, some people are into baseball or football, but it's whatever. But like in certain parts of the the world, like sports are really just become, become part of the identity of, of the culture. And even around here on certain days, you know, during baseball, all everywhere, like flying flags out of people's cars and then businesses, you'll see orange everywhere. Cause everybody's vote, you know, rooting for the baseball team here and the giants just have to win. So for, for a few weeks, every four years, I get interested in sports and then I forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't had any chance to watch the Olympics. I feel kind of out of the loop. I mean, I've had like throughout the whole uh, Russian athletes, like being able to play and then like Ryan Murphy is like calling them out, but that's all I've read. Didn't didn't you and I have a conversation about that like last night or something? Yeah, and yeah. Alex and I kind of like went off about it today. Also, it's really interesting. Yeah, yeah like how the Russia itself is banned, but they can have the Russia Russian Olympic Committee who can like they, they can't raise the Russian flag. They don't play the Russian anthem, but they can win for the Russian Olympic Committee. It's I don't know. It's very it's interesting. I guess I, that's what you know. Until I read yesterday, I was talking to Trevor during our, night, our nightly Overwatch session, and we both <laughs> both of us were kind of musing about the Russian Olympic Committee. And I, so I was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to read about it. So I checked it out, and I didn't know, because I had been watching the Olympics, and I, I was like, why is the American and, I don't know, Chinese flag or whatever being raised during the pedestal and not the Olympic, uh, the Russian one? And because they're, they're raising the Olympic flag, and I didn't even know until now, really, that they're not allowed to raise the Russian flag, and they can only do, they, they raise the Olympic flag in place of that, because it's not, it's not the Russian uh, country competing, it's the unaffiliated athletes of the Russian Olympic Committee. So, I don't know. You learn something every day. But I was like, whoa, hmm, interesting. Yeah, I wanted to know, yeah. like, what the Russian Olympic Committee, like, how is that process different than the normal, what Russia has been normally doing? Because I, they've been doping, like, all their athletes except for, like, I think figure skating or something. I'm curious and, about that, too. I don't know. I wonder if part of it is that, like, just this. I wonder if part of it is just the symbolic notion of, you know, we're not going to raise your flag. We're not going to play our anthem. And even though everybody knows it's Russian people and they're winning for Russia, I wonder if part of it is the, the sort of implied, like, we're because we're not saying it's from Russia. I mean, that's pretty, that's a pretty big diss, right? <laughs> to put it in another way, like, imagine if, imagine if in America, an Amer- American athletes were winning but they were not allowed to show the flag or play the anthem that would feel really weird to us right it would say oh caleb Dressel wins the uh medal for butterfly swimming in this event and it's for the american athletes association and then they play like the olympic anthem or something or they play some american song and they they just raise the olympic flag it feel it would feel strange so i can understand how that's a how that's different than just saying russia won but at the end of the yeah. day, we all know that it's basically like a Russia win. You know, these athletes are from Russia and whatever it is. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. really think it's. I think there's still everybody knows that they're still Russian. They're still getting the medals in their name. I don't really think the flag thing is that big of a punishment. Um, well, definitely I, not. I mean, I was, I was Russian, th- yeah. I was thinking, like, it would be a pretty bad uh, <laughs> punishment if... Refugees? Like, yeah, 
put him in the refugee <laughs> team and don't even recognize that they're in Russia at all. I mean, well, the worst punishment would say nobody from your country can compete with the name. In the, you know what I mean? Like, if you just said, if you had to be, like, an, literally just the unaffiliated, not even say Russian team, you know, like, that would be worse if you just say you're an unaffiliated athlete. And if they couldn't even say you're from, I mean, like, there's different things you could do. Or just ban anybody who's from that. I mean, there's worse they could do for sure. I don't know. Yeah, the issue is, is that that's the main. That's the only punishment. They're not really. They, they're claiming that they are trying to find the ones that are clean. But if they couldn't tell that these athletes were clean before, because they were like tricking the system and stuff so they can't find out that they're actually doping, how could they know the difference now? So they're still doping and using steroids and stuff, but and the punishment is only that the anthem is not played and the flag is not going up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I wonder about that too. But I mean, then again... I wonder because, like, I, I will 100% admit I'm naive to everything that goes on in the Olympics. I just am a, you know, basic American, well, I don't watch them. I'm a basic Californian watcher of the Olympics. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, I, for all, honestly, for all I know, maybe every team has doping issues. And I, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I don't want to be one of those people who says, okay, it's like 100% correct and everybody's great. Like, I'm sure there are problematic teams and people and countries but i wonder i wonder kind of how like how is it just really the russians went overboard with doping or is it that every country does that and they in russia just got caught i really don't i don't know much about that so like i really want to rally behind my like i'm not very nationalistic as a person but i do kind of feel it, i think it i do feel some pride when uh, Suni Lee, Lee wins the women's all-round gymnastics for the like, what the for the U.S. for the fifth time in a row. It's twenty years now. The U.S. has dominated. I think it's yeah. like wow, fuck yeah, you are incredible, and you're winning for the U.S. I think it's awesome. But part of me is also like, not that I'm saying anything about her. I'm just saying in general, is uh, do I don't know anything about it. Do, do, do you guys know? Do they test like every, I'm sure they must do sort of like some sort of testing yeah, test to see everybody, but. Yeah, it's hard. So maybe maybe it is fine. Maybe maybe Russia was just fucking it up. Like I, that's, I was yeah. talking to Trevor yesterday. Like, how, <laughs> how the hell do they think that? Like, why would you do that? Why would you think that you can't get caught if nobody, you know, if most other people aren't getting caught, and then suddenly Russia gets caught for you know doping? How how? No, I guess it's too late now. But pardon my language. How the fuck did you think this was going to end? You know, I don't know. I'm kind of curious about it. Yeah, but yeah, I asked my coworker like how what's the process and how i wonder if there's like a documentary like telling how or some video that's showing how the russian in olympic committee is better than the previous what they had previously and my coworker told me about this documentary i think on uh, netflix i forgot what it's called but this athlete he originally was a cyclist and after winning or doing well he was looking into doping and he talked to this doctor about it and he found out that he's basically administering steroids and everything <laughs> to all the um, Russian athletes and he like 
he was kind of like a leaker for some reason, and he had to run away and get out of Russia because he exposed that all the athletes are on steroids. That's sketchy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I definitely think about that kind of like when it becomes so. I always, I honestly always think about when I watch any event, but especially uh, some of the track or swimming events where, you know, I'm not I I I won't even say I'm a good swimmer, but when I was a kid, like <laughs> when I was young, I used to do swimming lessons, and I, I like I was kind of known for being out of like the people in that lesson. I was being one of the better people, and I got up to the higher rank or whatever. I was I was a good swimmer, and I honestly after. For like <laughs> twenty years later, I like have not swam that much, and you know whatever. But I think to myself, I, I know how difficult it can be to swim, and so to see these people who win gold or silver medals based on uh, a few hundredths of a second, mm-hmm. like it can make a difference. You know, just how literally these tiny slivers. So I can understand thinking about you know the temptation of taking something that can improve your performance enough just by a percentage point and that can that can win you a gold medal in the Olympics. I can understand the pressure of that, but I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm curious. I, I bet you there's probably a bunch of articles and books and videos and exposés upon the state of sort of athlete doping and things like the Olympics. But until then, I just like to go back and turn it on every day or whatever I can do and, check out what's going on because I like, to, I like to kind of pretend and be like, yeah, you know what? The Olympics is the, the, the world coming together and us finding out for the most part, the best in the world at these events for this year, for this four years. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> I want to just like watch Suni Lee win for the gymnastic all around women's and be like, yes, you know what? Awesome. For the, for now, the women, the American women are still the best in the world or whatever it is. It's just, it's fun. It becomes part of watching the sport and part of it just becomes watching the characters, you know, they all, they all become characters years ago, watching, um, Gabby Douglas win for gymnastics in America. Yeah. And there, everything was about her for a while. And obviously Simone Biles, every, <laughs> even though she's not even competing this year, really everything's all the media is about her right now mm-hmm. or about, yeah. uh, Michael Phelps. And I don't know who are like Ryan Lochte was a swimmer who's competing with him a little bit. And yeah. they were both American. Nathan Adrian was a swimmer for a few years ago. Um, Katie Ledecky this year is winning tons of medals. So it's, it becomes partly about the medals and the winning and partly about who are these people and what are they doing? And, you know, our, our gymnast, Suni Lee, everybody, all the media always talks about how her dad made her a balance beam in the backyard out of wood. And when she wasn't at the gym, she was training by herself on this balance beam they made. And, and it becomes a good story, you know? So I think people love watching that because people want to find a way to relate to it. And everybody wants to think, Hey, I might be working at a menial standard retail or restaurant job but hey if i had the support and had been trained since birth to do this maybe i could do that too i'm also a human so it's, it's just a funny it's an interesting thing but i'm definitely into it i don't know i wonder i'm i'm looking forward to watching some more i guess i have to i only have sunday free but for the most part i've been i've been coming home from work and turning it on and been motivated to work out kind of so i'll do that and watch the olympics for a while because i'm like fuck i'm almost i'm pushing 30 and i'm just wallowing in look at look what these people are doing at like almost literally half my age god feeling old yeah you could still uh maybe make it for the olympics for a question for uh, 45 right yeah you're right if I, I can wait till i'm 60 to become an equestrian <laughs> expert because i think there's a couple of questioner people who are in their 50s or 60s 
So if I like horses, maybe I could do that. I'm, I think it's cool yeah, too that our, some of our, some of our volleyball teams are like 40 or 45 and they're, they're winning some games. So uh, yeah, the only downside is I'm not, not, I'm not like six foot five. So I guess that's probably not going to happen for me. Maybe I can pay an inordinate sum of money and then end up baking in the fucking sun in the, in the bleachers at the very top where I can barely see anybody in seven years and watch a couple people win some medals. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had a few other topics I think we're not going to hit today because we've gone on uh, enjoying ourselves at the Olympics. So. Yeah, it's fine. My... Uh... My Casey story is kind of a joke story, anyways. <laughs> yeah, I have a, a little joke story also about Linux on M1 chip, but yeah. and I can honestly just go off on Windows Phone for a while. So I feel like we probably shouldn't do that tonight because I want more yeah. time to talk about that. And I we could do this wanna... for a whole another time. Yeah. This could be a whole. Hey, other thing. You gotta try to get a whole Windows Phone Seven series uh, Phone podcast. Series so. X, yeah, yeah, X <laughs> Windows phones, this is X's. Yeah. So we could we could make that the next episode or whatever. I'm cool okay. with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I still have this uh black hole, but apparently it confirms a few things, but I'll leave it for next time. So. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, uh if you made it this far, thank you for listening to us. Go off about a few topics that we talked about for a long time, mostly myself ranting about things. So, you know, <laughs> if you enjoy my voice, thank you. Yeah, I enjoy your voice. I mean, it's not like I hear it every day, but... <laughs> Again, no comment. Yeah, mm. yeah so... Um, I guess I are... Uh, yeah, I've been I'm testing this new wireless headset. How does it sound, Nick? Uh, well, in my <laughs> through my phone off an internet compressed stream talking to you on Spotify with my cheap plastic Apple included headphones, it sounds basically the same. But <laughs> maybe it'll sound maybe it'll sound better. I don't know. Hopefully, well, you're still recording with the same mic, right? As usually, as you usually would. Oh yeah, podcast. yeah. It's just the, the microphone for being there. Yeah, I think I think honestly for. The, for you and I and Alex communicating via green room, I think that the, the compression is so much that having a different mic is not going to show that much, but hopefully um, <laughs> hey, hey, you know what, I can hear what you're saying so at least there's that Yeah, yeah. Trevor was approached by this company called is it like Umi Digi? Yeah, yeah Umi Digi it's like it's Is this company real? Super... Yeah, it's like a real company. They make like super low end like I would say almost knockoffs, but I mean, hey, they're, they're having me test things for them, so I'll take it. Free, oh. free, free okay, I'm sorry, we're, we're going to end the podcast, but please expand. I need to hear more about this. Like, what? <laughs> How come you haven't, you haven't mentioned? I, again, for anybody who doesn't know, I basically talk to Trevor every night, so like, how come I haven't heard about this? Uh, I just got this like uh, in the mail like yesterday, and then so I the, started. Like, wait, the snail mail or like email? I got, no, I got the email and they said, like, oh, yeah, can you, like, uh, <laughs> you said, can I you, got like, this in the mail. These... I'm imagining you get, like, a snail mail, like, an actual physical, like, mail about this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just, like, they, they like, 
asked me like, Hey, do you want to do like product testing for us? You can meet, like give us some feedback and like, sure. So like, they asked like, Oh yeah, go to Amazon and buy this product. And then like, uh, put some feedback and then, uh, we were like, we fund you. Right? Like, okay. Dude, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure that fucking, that fucking happened to me. Like the, I don't know. I, I honestly, it was years ago. Like I just, I was thinking about there like last night I was, Oh, okay. Too much information. I was taking a shower and I was uh, naked except for my Apple watch. And I was thinking to myself, I'm taking off my watch. I'm like, wow, I've, re- I've worn this same watch band for like six years. Wow. What a long time. And I, I remember I put like one video on YouTube about like an Apple watch band review. And after I did that, I got enough views or like ra- random Apple watch band companies were like, emailing they were approaching me to ask if i could review their stuff in exchange for free product i was like like what and i i don't don't even remember if i did it but i just remember like i think if you say yes they like send you stuff and then you're just expected to like leave a good review or something so it's funny how these companies roll like some sometimes the margins are so high that they're willing to just like send a bunch of shit out to people and hope for good reviews. And then, like, people honestly, even if you say you're subjective, if you get something for free, you're already predisposed to liking it, right? So, I wonder if that's how they yeah, get the reviews. I'll probably leave an honest review because, I mean, I, I've used other wireless earbuds, like the OnePlus Wireless Buds Z and Pixel Buds. So I have, like, a good, like, comparison to, to give out. So. It's not the best sense. fit, but yeah. Wait, so wait, I'm sorry. Did you have the product yet, or are you thinking offering? This no, yeah, to you? he's using, I'm it, right using now. it right now. Oh, wait, I thought you had. Yeah, the Yeah, that's right. But you do have the pixel. I buds. did. Am I drunk? Yeah, so, I lost like, one of them, so I just stopped using. it. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. You did say that. Hmm. Yeah, I've been using the one. Like, yeah, and then I'm using this like. Okay, like Very I know small. we're running long, but okay, really quick sidebar. So like I was, <laughs> I was at work today, and I, I feel bad because I'm training some juniors at work, and they are doing great, and they're great. But um, <laughs> the customer came in, and they were like trying to make some. And where I work, you come, uh, customers can come in, and they can they can ask to make some photo printouts of their photos, and we can do everything we can to make that happen. And this person comes in with a phone, and the junior was like, "Okay, let me help you with that." And so they were going to help them plug into one of our photo kiosks to, to order some prints. And they were like trying to airdrop it, which is an Apple technology from, uh, from one Apple product to another. And mm-hmm. maybe it's cause I live in like central coast, California, but I, I would say like a large majority of people come in and have iPhones, like of any age and of any, anything like this is just ha- around San Cruz here. Tons of people have iPhones cause it's just what people have. So most of the time we can just say, yeah, airdrop me the photo. You click, you click share on your iPhone and our MacBook comes up and you just press share. And we just say, Hey, what, what size do you want? Okay. Five by seven. Sure. I'll print that out for you right now. And this person comes in and she wants to make some prints and it has an Android phone. And I, I am aware that there are technologies that exist between Android phones and PCs or Macs to send files. But I just still literally working every day in a place where customers come in and need to be helped. It is so much more annoying when people bring in Android phones and I have to be like, <laughs> you know what? To just to be honest, how about can you can you email this to us or text it to us? And they're like, and most of my customers say, uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, what is that? Is that the, and I have to oh, do you use Gmail or do you use Yahoo? And like they have to like I have to walk them through sending an email 
to get mm-hmm. two files and it makes these little like it's it's a nothing order, but I don't know. It just it's just I I don't mean this in sort of a Apple is the best way, but really like it's a it's a hindrance in this it's funny how I work in an industry where it just happens to be when you have when you have an Android phone, how much harder it is to do these basic things when like I a lot of people don't even realize this is I don't I don't want to blow your minds, but like today I I feel that the customer <laughs> They they brought in a bunch of CDs to my to where I work, and they had a list, a very detailed list about I want this song and this song and this song from all these different CDs to be compiled into one mixed CD. Can you do this for me? And then make a bunch of copies, maybe like five or six or eight copies of that mixed CD for me. And this was taken in uh, sometime last week. You know, and one I think one of the juniors took it in, and they did a great job. Thank you, juniors. And <laughs> and apparently the person came back with this big box full of CDs and, and they were like, oh, no. oh can, I, can I can I talk to so-and-so? Like, this didn't work. And none of these CDs are playing. And in my mind, I'm just like, oh. like, okay, I don't, nobody wants to remake this. How did this get, how did this go wrong? So I looked at the, uh, so I opened all the, all the discs that we made for them. And I said, well, I, you know how you can see anybody who's ever burned a CD, you can look on a CD and look, uh, you can see what's been burned. Yeah. You, know, uh, you can tell. Yeah, and yeah. They, all of them were burned like two thirds of the way. And I was like, okay. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, these are definitely, we did something to these discs. There, there's some data on here. And so I said, how about we go over to this computer and we check? So I popped it in one of our iMacs and I said, okay, let's take a look. And I opened it up and it, and it played. There was music all over and it was perfect. And I said, you know, how are you playing these discs? And this person says to me, well, I put them in my CD player. I have a ton of CDs, and I always play it in this player. I check it. I'm like, okay, that's weird. So I took the disc out of our of – our, we have a disc drive or whatever. I take it out, and the person – and our, our discs that we use at work are – they're unlabeled. They're white on one side, like the label, and the, the bottom side's like a CD. And the person just goes, oh, am I supposed to put the shiny side down? Oh, and I'm like yeah. – And I'm like, yeah, um, you know – is were you putting were you putting the, the blank side like the label side down in the player and they're like yeah I was putting the white side down and I'm like okay um, well maybe you can go home and go ahead and try putting one of these into the place that you know has put the shiny side down for the CD and they're like they're really thinking about it and they go okay um, okay well I guess I'll try that and I was like great um, well let us know if there's any problems and I, I just had a moment like my, my soul left my body and I told the juniors and their souls left their bodies. And we we all took a moment and then we, we, we tried to breathe. We had a, dif- we had difficulty, but then we moved on, but it was really just like, it really shows you. And I don't want to make fun of people for being out of technology, but it really shows you like you and I and everybody, you know, us three talking in the podcast here. We don't think about it. We're so much more tech literate than people in general. Like, Yes, you put the shiny side down. If it looks like a CD, that's what gets written, read by the CD player. But people, I, I don't know. It, it shows me that people don't know that. There are still, for some reason, there are people who don't realize that. And that really simultaneously hurts my soul and also humbles me to know that, okay, maybe maybe knowing how to put a CD into a CD player is too much for some people, I guess. I don't know. I don't, all I'm, I don't know where I'm going with that other than that, like, holy shit, wasn't that fucking crazy? Like, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's crazy enough. Like, you, you, you think that people shouldn't even be using CDs anymore. Like, 
discs are out. <laughs> and here's this person, and like, oh my god. Okay, let me tell you how to put a disc into your disc drive. So anyway, that that's what I get paid to do for. So suddenly, <laughs> suddenly, like breading chicken doesn't seem so bad, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can listen to my music and then most people know like how to put a chicken sandwich into chicken their ready mouths to go down, and chew. Like, so <laughs> like, put, put the, the chicken disc, in put the oil, into the disc drive, push the button, press the eject button. Yeah, yeah, and then like the, the burn a new copy of the chicken sandwich. <laughs> Yeah, the the chicken sandwich gets burnt. You put it in the bag, and then the customer enjoys it. There's no yeah, two I mean, ways of eating a chicken sandwich. You just put in your mouth no. and chew. Step one: it's not confusing. Up your butt. Oh wait, never mind. <laughs> oh, butt chug the chicken chugging. sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just had to share that because the juice is flowing. Like that. Honestly, that interaction is up there with like that person who like wanted to get a square print and said, I'm like, Oh yeah, you're right. Okay. Same <laughs> 10 inches on every side. No, not 10, not, not the same. It has to be square, but it has to be not, not the same on every side. I mean, excuse me. Can I, can I, can I explain geometry to you? No, it's, it's not square, but I want it to be 10 inches on every side of the frame. Like, so this is what I deal with. So I don't know. I'm just putting it out there as like, Hey, no matter what, if anybody's listening to this, no matter what job you have, at least you have people who, know how to put a disc into a disc drive and they uh, understand the difference between squares and rectangles. So every job has that, you know, but uh, whatever. Listen, yeah, good, uh, good story to end on. Sometimes you've got to go off, I guess. <laughs> yeah, this is, a, this is our podcast and uh, hope you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, we we try. Way. We do the best we can. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not a gold medal, but maybe a bronze. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, we get the, you know, the, the consolation prize at the end of the day. We we did it. We went there. Oh, yeah, we we can we we went we went there. We made the podcast. Like we're not we're not, <laughs> not be winning in a medal, but we were part of the the cultural that we made podcasts. So I think we kind of won. If we believe that we're a gold medalist, we kind of are. I mean, we've been that we. We've been doing this since the day we like conceived, so we, we deserve this. I've been I've been using my vocal cord to make noise <laughs> since the day I was born. So yeah. I think same, we're Olympic athletes. I think today. I think I honestly deserve this. I deserve billions of people listening to me because I can I can form mouth words. So how about that? <laughs> yeah, all right. I don't know. It's, it's, we're, we're going on. I'm not a fucking Olympic athlete, but yeah, fuck yeah, yeah to all the people who are really good at doing their sports. Like, thank you, Olympic athletes, for making the world more fun to watch for, like, a couple of moments. Yeah. I mean, like, like we were talking about, like, I can't imagine, like, the pressure you do, like, lifetime of practice for, like, 10 minutes, and then, like, you're different, and, like, everyone's just, like, disappointed. Like, I can't imagine the pressure. Like, oh, yeah. Crazy. And, like, yeah, I mean, crazy. specifically, like, Simone Biles pulling herself out for good reason for, like, she says that she's you know, having difficulty with it. They call it the twisties, I guess. Like not having difficulty completing her her twists in the air and like getting so much shit and calling being called a quitter. And it's like, no. At the end of the day, she knows she's the greatest of yeah. all time gymnast. Like she knows when she's not doing well. It's not safe for her to compete. She's not. It's not safe. Like she. I don't know. It blows my mind. Like I've heard. I've, I've been watching Olympic videos on YouTube of the stuff that I miss, and people are making jokes about. People like Simone pulling out of her job, her um, that's so things. Bad, it's like, yeah. 
It's like what what the hell have you done for anything? Like you you can, she does not owe us anything. She's the greatest of all time, and it's like come on, she already proved that to us. You I don't know. It just blows my mind that people act so entitled. You know, people comment and they know they're just dumb YouTube people, but just the idea that people exist who think, oh yeah, you just you owe us what another championship medal? Like, come on, dude. Hell, she's been doing this for years and she's been so good. So I don't know. That gets on yeah. my nerves. Mm-hmm. I I think it's good that like the whole mental health has been brought forward and through the Olympics. So now people are actually like. Thinking like, okay, mental health is important. Like, okay, we should work six days a week. Mental health is, in a way, it is physical health, right? Like, for her especially, when she was saying, she posted some some videos to uh, Instagram, and she it was her trying to do the a bar routine and land her dismount, and she was doing some twists after and some you know flips and whatever the hell she does because it's fucking incredible, and she was having trouble landing it, and you know I. I believe that she's not faking it. Like she's, there's some sort of block there happening where she can't find herself in the air. And the thing is when we can't do something, we just stop doing it. We do it the next day and it's fine. When an Olympic gymnast can't do it, they could land on the floor incorrectly and kill themselves by breaking their neck. You know, it's, it's like, I don't know. I just feel like uh, it just seems so entitled to tell people, Oh, she's quitting. It's like, no, she knows her body. She's won Olympic gold before. Like if she can't do this, she can't do it. So, I don't know. It just seems it seems kind of shitty of people to to expect too much of these people who have already dedicated their lives. Do you not think that they would want another gold medal? I mean, obviously, if they could do it, they would. Mm-hmm. I guess one, one final thing. What's your guys' favorite thing to watch at the Olympics? Um, probably like the the sprinting. It's pretty fun to watch. Nice, yeah. It's always good. Yeah, watching Olympics this year, it's kind of like a general interest thing for me. My, I realize my favorite sport to watch is uh, the speed skating because it reminds me of my sport. Of, I ran the two-mile. There's a lot of strategy in the long-distance events. And speed skating easy. being I mean, like the, the Winter Olympic, like speed ice skating? Yeah. Nice, yeah. But That's do you do you have a summer sport that you like watching the most? Uh, not as much. Uh, maybe well, I'll choose one after this one is Olympics. Do you, do you guys like the the winter or the summer Olympics more? Like, which one's more fun to you, for you guys to watch? I kind of want to say winter because I don't know. I, I kind of just like I love and love watching like the ice skating like. They put on a performance with like different music and like yeah, that's just incredible. Partner, yeah. Their partner ice skating is so fun to watch and like the chemistry is just amazing. It's awesome. That's fair, yeah. How about you, Alex? Mm, I think I like them both the same. I yeah. I know. I was talking to uh, my friend Allison, and she was talking about how much she she prefers the winter ones because they're more sports she likes to watch. And uh, I was like, oh, no, the summer ones are great. But then I thought about it. And there, there's tons of great winter stuff. So honestly, they're both good. I'm kind of an Olympics junkie now. Like, <laughs> and, and in a way, the cool thing is next year is the Winter Olympics because you know, <laughs> no, like, two years. it's crazy. Like, normally it's two years now because of coronavirus. Hey, <laughs> we can't say corona for games. 
<laughs> gave us anything. So yeah. I guess next year, <laughs> I forget which country, but I think it's the Shanghai Olympics, isn't it? So I guess yeah, we get to look forward to look forward to that. Go Shanghai to and Milan. I heard that they were going to put Salt Lake City into the. They like it was between Salt Lake and Milan Invitation. for twenty twenty six or whatever, <laughs> but <laughs> they decided to go with Italy. But it would have been cool. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. I'm all in Olympic mood, so I'm glad that I know Alex even formally a little bit, and Trevor's interested but doesn't get the chance to. But anyway, it's hey, every four years it's fun to talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fine. We can talk about it for this short two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can, we can care about sports for a couple of weeks, then go back to talking about <laughs> video games, technology, and billionaire jackasses going to space. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was fun to hear that. Yeah. Well, um, I I should get home because uh, it's pretty late here. I I went out to my brother's house. With some things happened, so. Oh yeah, you, y'all are in the same place now, right? Like to, to record the broadcast, you're in the same house. Kind of. Same building. Went, uh, <laughs> Wait, you're in the I'm same in, like, building. The same room. Room. Okay. I, I just <laughs> decided not to, like, not, I don't want any echo or anything to interfere, so just fair enough. I, mean, I guess that makes sense. I'm hoping you guys are, like, in the same vicinity if you're at your brother's house. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, so, thanks for the conversation, I guess, and thanks for having me on again. I think next time, yeah. hopefully, if I get some more work done, maybe I'll have, maybe I'll have some more music to show you guys. Um, cool. I played some orchestral stuff last time. I have another pop song, pop song I'm working on, so we'll see if I can be held accountable for that. But hopefully not. Yeah, how long <laughs> would you like not, to work on that? Um, I don't know, a little while. And uh, I'm not like an Olympic, ju- I'm not an Olympic weeks. athlete, so uh, don't hold me to that. But a couple of weeks, maybe. Okay, I don't. I won't push for it for like next week or something. <laughs> okay, well, thank you. But anyway, again, thanks for having yeah. me on your podcast, guys, and. Um, it's fun to yeah, always talk about yeah. a couple topics that we, well, mostly I end up going off about for a while. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Talk to you later. Yeah, some exciting things to talk about next time, too. So, later. Uh, see ya. See ya. Bye. Recording complete. Right. The logic didn't crash. Nice. Yeah, season four, episode five. <laughs> coronavirus. Coronavirus season three. <laughs> Coronavirus episode three. My <laughs> hmm. <laughs> fucking junior is not even come to work tomorrow. He's exposed to coronavirus. So like, fuck, I have to wait for his test result, and that means I have to work without him. I mean, fair enough, but like, uh, fuck the, fuck the coronavirus. How about that? Hmm. All right, so uh, composing. Oh fuck! And, did I close uh, the project? Did I save it? Hold on. We got a bounce. Open, it. open, recent. Hey, guess you, guess you decided to save the project before you closed it. This guy right here. Uh, there you go. What can I say? Except you. Have you guys seen fucking Moana that movie? Uh, I think Alex saw it. Oh yeah, the Moana is the <laughs> live action. <laughs> it's not live action. Yet. Dude, live action Moana. Fuck me up. Yeah, do it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I thought you said Mulan. Mulan. Uh, no, yeah. I, I did, like you, did you see the live action Mulan? Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, 
No, I didn't watch that. Yeah, fuck that. I haven't watched it either. <laughs> Why is it actually? I don't want to watch any live action Disney movies. <laughs> they're, just, they're just trying to make more money off of old stuff. That's 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> I. I don't. I don't think I've seen any of it. Actually, no. I did see the uh, the Sleeping Beauty. Uh, what's her name? The bitch with Cinderella. the amazing Oh, Maleficent. Maleficent. Yes, I saw the oh, first uh, one. Oh, Beauty and the Beast with Hermione. Hermione. No, I didn't even see that. Like, I haven't seen any uh, of them. I, the only one I saw was Maleficent. I think I saw it with. I don't, were you even there? Maybe it was you and uh, Bo was there. I, I saw it. Yeah, so we probably saw it in the theater together. I was like, okay, great. There was a. Um, What's that person who sounds super bored in every fucking song she sings? Um, uh, Angelina Jolie? No, she's the actor. I'm talking about the singer. Oh, okay. Um, does that song in video games, um, uh, Summertime Sadness. Um, uh, Billie Eilish. Close. <laughs> before he goes, Summertime Sadness. Uh, anyway. No, no, that, yeah, yeah, I know you're talking about. Uh, Lana Del Rey. No. Oh yeah, yeah Lana Del Rey. Basically, yeah, Lana Del Rey had a song in that, and so I was like, okay, great. But other than that, like, fuck that. But yeah, I, I think I saw the live action Tiger King, Lion King, and uh... Tiger, Tiger King. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, I, I, I never saw the fucking. I never saw Mulan or Prince of Persia or the whatever the other ones were. <laughs> <laughs> I, wait, is that wrong? Sorry, Aladdin. Uncharted. Yeah. Uncharted. <laughs> Fuck me. Probably gonna be bad. Mm. Yeah, hopefully decent. We have Spider Man going in so. I'm so mad, dude. All they had all they had to do is get Nathan not Nathan Drake. Um yeah, all they had to do is get the cast from Uncharted to play Uncharted and be perfect, but they got Spider Man, which I he's a good actor. Should have got like uh he's fine. What's his face? Uh Jake Jalenhall, I didn't say no, no. Jake Hall was in the fucking Prince of Persia movie. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You can't make him do everything. <laughs> did, they, did they make an Assassin's Creed movie? Have they done that yet? I think they did. Pretty sure they did. Oh, I'm, I'm positive they did. Oh, Let's God. See, if they did, I was going to say, like, that, that seems like a... Like, how have they not made movie. an Assassin's Creed movie yet? Yeah, they did. 2016. Oh, it was probably bullshit, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that had like Michael Fassbender and I don't know any of these guys. Michael Fassbender, God, you're right. I totally forgot about that. It was probably so bad that I forgot. I was like, holy shit. God damn, those people. Mm, so many bad videos. Uh, he, he was in the first X-Men movies. I guess no, no, no Michael Fassbender is a great actor. He's good. I'm just saying oh, like, yeah. the fact that they make him be in the, that movie. It's like a classic, it's a classic like, oh, let's get this random like white male actor to be, guy. Yeah. like Jake Gyllenhaal to make you the Prince of Persia oh uh, no the person should probably not be Jake Gyllenhaal maybe I mean I don't know Jake Gyllenhaal is great but maybe not for the Prince of Persia I don't know God, this, it's like, so many so many things in life are like really logically obvious like okay maybe we should get a fucking like not Jake Gyllenhaal to play this no hey guys I have the best idea let's, let's get Jake Gyllenhaal to fuck this up okay fine let's give you a billion dollars how about that Ugh. Yeah, I mean, he was good in that one movie we watched where, like, they end up in the hospital and then he, like, saves a girl. That was good. The one with, uh, the... Prisoners, Australia. yeah. Prisoners, yeah, that was a good movie. That was definitely a good movie. Yeah, yeah Jake Gyllenhaal's a good actor. Like, fuck yeah, like, I will, like, I will, I will just, 
cry every time I watch Brokeback Mountain. Jake Gyllenhaal is incredible, but I, 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 yeah, for to Persia, I, I have you questions. Just, you still need to watch Spider Man, where he's like the villain. He's pretty good. That's uh, Far From Home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I never saw. I never saw that. I guess I should have watched that. I never, really, and, you know, to be honest, like I've told you before, I never even watched the animated one. Everybody loves um, Spider Verse. Yeah, dude, that one's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen that. It's like, supposed to be super good. Numerous times. Hmm. So many things yeah. to add. Then, uh, all I want to do is watch the next, next episode of Ted Lasso. Did you watch one today? The new one? It came out today, but I haven't watched it because I got home and ate dinner and took a shower and did the podcast. So <laughs> okay, but I might do it tomorrow. Because wait, no, fuck, tomorrow's Saturday. Maybe I'll do it Sunday. I don't know. But Ted Lasso yeah. is super fun, so I will watch more of it. Yeah, we gotta watch more of it. Well, I think we should. Uh, I think maybe Allison can make advance. If we watch one or two more episodes. Maybe she'll like them. But you want to watch it. Somebody wants to watch it with you or something. <laughs> Ted Lasso is hella fun. Yeah, if Allison just like falls off the bed, I mean, I'll still watch Allison's it. Allison's a funny bitch. <laughs> but yeah, like, you're still at your mother's house right now, right? Yeah, it's funny to get home. It'll probably be like 12 o'clock by the time I get home. So, so like 11 Pacific. Yeah, which is perfect timing. They overwatch, so. Okay, I All will right. um, try to stay alive for the next Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to me alive. Live. And uh, did you, you guys bounce your uh, audio into oh, me? Okay, you know what? Fuck you too. Okay, yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> Let's see. Did I bounce my bullshit? Let me see. Uh, I'm going to bounce this. I'm going to hang up the call and I'm going to email you a file. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) TTY.